The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, let's talk about AG1. I have been drinking AG1 for quite a few years. And if you're a longtime listener, then you probably know that. I started drinking AG1 daily because I was a new mom and I needed a foundational nutrition supplement that supported my body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining the formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes probiotics and digestive enzymes. We all know I have had quite a battle with gut health. And this has been super helpful. So I recommend it to everyone. I drink it every morning before I have my coffee and I get so many vitamins and minerals. They're the best. So AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they've been a partner for so long and they will continue to be. If you want to take ownership over your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash blonde. That is drinkag1.com slash blonde. Check it out. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Happy holidays. I cannot believe it is already almost Christmas. Hanukkah has passed. Tomorrow, my little man turns two, my little Sagittarius angel boy. I cannot believe it. The time has been flying, and I hope everyone's having a really beautiful holiday season. This time of year always makes me so nostalgic and so thankful for our community. So thank you so much for being here and for listening to the show. Whether this is your first episode that you've ever listened to of this podcast or whether you've been here since 2015, I love you all, and I'm just so, so grateful. Today, we have a fabulous conversation with the book mama herself, Linda Sivertson. You have probably heard of her from the Beautiful Writers podcast, which has been around for a long, long time. It was actually the first podcast that I ever listened to. Linda is an incredible writer. She is not only an author herself, but she is an author that helps other people write their books. She is like the book coach that everybody in the world wants to have, wishes they could have. You can have after listening to this because I know that you guys are going to fall in love with Linda. She hosts incredible writers retreats in Carmel. She just does so much and she personally has helped me in my book writing process, especially 
working on my recent book proposal more than words could ever say. She's fantastic. And I know that you guys are going to love her. So you can check her out. All of her links will be in the show notes. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Also, if you are not currently on the waiting list for TBB meditations, which are launching in early January, then please, please get on that list. We have the link in the show notes. You will be a VIP. You'll be the first person to find out when it launches. You'll get special VIP pricing giveaways of all my favorite brands, all the things. It's going to be meditation, affirmations, pep talks, bonus podcast episodes. It's going to be pretty life-changing if I do say so myself. And I'm excited to get it up and get it launched. Okay, my angels. With that, let's get into today's conversation with Linda. Your face is already shape-shifting. This is what happens when I sit across from someone. Talk to me. What's it oh doing? Oh my God, your face is shape-shifting. So this happens mostly with people who have done a lot of spiritual work right. on themselves. Right. And even though I know you so well, and you're like my book mother, book mama, we've never met in person until now. No. And your face is changing. Yeah, there's a lot of light emitting from your face. Wow. It's kind of like all the edges of your face are gone. And it's just like, it's just like part <gasps> of the universe right now. You have a lot of angelic white light coming from you. My puppy just died on Friday. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. So maybe she's coming through. Yeah, I, think I brought her so. color in my purse. Oh, maybe that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like a lot of the other side coming yeah, through. I see dead people too, but mm -hmm. other than yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Always. Well, it's a beautiful energy that you carry with you. Thank you. And I have a fun story for you to Go. start the podcast okay. with, because uh, I don't think I've ever told you this. Have we started? Are we? Gone? Yeah, we're okay. in. We're on. Perfect. So basically, somebody sent me your podcast back in 2015. So right when we started very it. early days. Yeah. yeah. And this was kind of before podcasts were what Fully. they are. People right. were like what's a podcast? Right. How do you listen to a podcast? Do you need a special app? And it was a friend of mine who's also a writer and yeah. knows that I'm a writer. Yeah. She's like, you have to listen to this podcast, The Beautiful Writers Podcast. So it was the first podcast that I ever listened to. For real. For real. My podcast was your first. Yes. And I don't I, even know what to say. I remember walking up and down the beach in Santa Barbara, listening to you and Danielle talking to all these huge authors, yeah. huge. And just thinking like, maybe one day I could be on their podcast. Maybe that would happen. And then when we started connecting, yeah. it was just so special for me. I had no idea. Yeah. You know what? That's the thing about putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Look, we're all insecure. Everybody's scared shitless, mm -hmm. right? And when you put yourself out there, it is shocking to find out that the people you admire, mm -hmm. I so admire you, they often are already admirers of you. And it's mm -hmm. shocking. It's like, mm -hmm. you've got to be kidding me. Totally. Anyway. I know. It's amazing. It's, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I've been such a longtime fan. I love. I had no idea. It's amazing. Because I learned about you through Catherine and India Oxenberg. Yeah. So they're longtime, longtime besties like I lived with them my son was a baby when India was a baby and we lived at their house we had a crazy landlord and he kicked my husband out one day and I called Kath I was like 
we need a place. And we just lived one block away. So we just uh-huh. moved on in. And I remember Catherine in India talking about you a lot online. And I was like, who is this blonde person? Let me go watch her. <laughs> and I just, you know, fell in love with you. So it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, they're incredible. I mean, they were oh, some of my favorite podcast people. guests. And Magic. still, people are like, wait, you yeah. have the Oxenbergs on? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, they've both done so many incredible things. But yeah. what India survived is just amazing. Yeah. Next, Sam, she is, she's magical. Absolutely. We're celebrating your book, which we've got right here. We're going to show it to the camera. The beautiful writer's book. And I feel like everybody needs this. Everybody who's a writer who wants to tell their story. I mean, it's the Bible. It is the go-to. Thank you. And there's so many cool stories in here from you. I actually didn't realize until I really dove into it. it it's yeah. such a memoir. Yeah, it's it your is your life. Like it is. I was expecting because I knew there were excerpts from all the huge authors that you've had the opportunity yeah. to interview, but I got to learn all about your life, like everything. I wanted to write a coming of career behind the scenes, like what really goes on for authors who are unknown. Mm-hmm. who maybe don't have the credentials, they don't have the confidence. Like, how does somebody go from a pie-in-the-sky idea to getting connected in such an intimidating industry? How do they go from idea to done and sold? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Because I did so many wild things. It was such a struggle. It was so funny and farcical. And I thought, nobody admits this stuff. I want to tell these stories because when I would tell them at parties or at retreats, you know, I give writing retreats, people would just laugh. And I would think my path has been so absurd and so magical and grandiose and practical. It's been all the things. I thought I need to just be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and tell the truth and share. Like there's nothing like I wasn't salacious, but boy, did I do crazy stuff. Yeah. And, and I just thought I need to just be willing to share this stuff because I think we all need examples of taking risks. Mm-hmm. Life is scary. It's getting scarier all the time. And we need examples of people who throw themselves out there despite their fear, despite their jealousy, despite the fact they can't pay their bills, you know, whatever the things people are dealing with. I was dealing with so many of them Mm -hmm. and I didn't let anything stop me. And there was so much magic along the way. You know, when you throw yourself out there with confidence, even though you're terrified, great stuff happens and and bad stuff happens too. But each little win carries you forward, gives you more confidence Mm -hmm. for the next little win. And over time, one day you look back and you're like, whoa, I climbed a mountain. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. Thanks. And I want to know about the process of writing this book. Like, it's thick. Oh, How long Lord did this one take heaven. you? Lord in heaven. Well, a long time. It started off as two books. It was a divorce memoir initially. Oh, so wow. I was married for 19 years and it was the total Hollywood story. In fact, people tried to buy the rights multiple times to really? make it a movie. I never, my husband and I always said, we'll never let anybody have our story, but it was. Wait, ooh. you should though. I mean, if you're like the executive producer or something, how cool would that be? Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. But so I had written this memoir called My Midlife Mess. And it was the story of meeting my now ex-husband in Mrs. Gooch's, which is now Whole Foods mm-hmm. on Crescent in Beverly Hills. 
But I met him on the way home from a spiritual seminar where I stood up in front of 80 people. The leader had said, tell us what you want to accomplish this weekend. And I'm high in the sky. I'm 23 years old. I thought, well, I want to meet my life partner. And I thought, of course I will. Like, that's what I want. And this Jesus-looking character on the stage said, you know, be really careful what you wish for because whatever you wish for will happen. And I totally bought it. So I'm standing on stage, 80 expectant, smiling faces are staring back at me. And I said, I want to meet my life partner this weekend. And I want him to be a Taurus like my last boyfriend because I really loved him. And I want him to be an actor. I mean, I had like all this crazy criteria of what I wanted. I want him to be gorgeous. I mean, whatever. Everyone's just smiling and laughing back at me because it was so absurd. And I said, and I want him to, to sweep me off my feet on his white horse. So the seminar ends at Sunday at like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. My best friend's with me, who I'm going to see tonight in Malibu. Yay. And I said, you know what? I'm really hungry. Let's go buy Mrs. Gooch's and get some fruit. So we did. And there he was in the melon section. And it was the exact person criteria for each thing I asked for. It was him. And he was an actor and he swept me off my feet. And we got married instantly. So I married a total stranger mm-hmm. because it was destined, right? I mean, yes, of course. It was everything. He was everything I prayed mm-hmm. for and, and me for him. And so we end up having just a really crazy marriage, obviously, but it was also incredibly magical. And I knew that I had to write the divorce memoir when we got divorced because the divorce was equally sort of dramatic. The whole the whole marriage was dramatic. So my way of staying sane was to write my way through it. Mm-hmm. And when you're a self-help author, which I was by the time I got divorced, you have so many self-help friends on speed dial. Mm-hmm. And so when you're walking into walls because divorce is hard, you're calling your friends and they're giving you the world's best advice and they're funny as hell. So I just took notes because I knew I wouldn't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And then I put it all together in a book. But I went to sell it, went to New York, took meetings. And the editors that I met with were like, why do you have all these funny, struggling writing stories in this Mm -hmm. thing? And I'm like, well, because I feel like two artists struggling to make it is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And they would say, well, we want more of those. Or, you know, some editors wanted just the divorce stuff and some wanted more of those. And I thought, oh, these are two books. Yeah. But it wasn't until I had the podcast for a couple of years. I think I I was reading Cheryl Strayed. I was getting ready to interview Cheryl Strayed. It hit me. I was like, oh, whoa. When I'm writing uh, in the book about my agent dilemmas, well, how did Cheryl Strayed get her agent? How did Terry McMillan get her agent? And I just started realizing, oh, wow. Well, as I'm telling my crazy stories, these people that I've had on who are the most amazing authors in the world, they also have crazy stories and practical stories and magical stories. Why don't I just insert those in little boxes throughout my story to break it up? Mm -hmm. And I think it's fun. It's really fun. I mean, that's why I was able to read like over 150 pages in one sitting. That's insane. Because I mean, I'm a reader. Dense. I'm it's a reader, dense. but like yeah. I was so into your story, but I was also like, it's there's these big blocks of other people's right. quotes, right. which I was wondering, are those quotes from your podcast? They're verbatim that's from what the podcast. I, mm-hmm. I mean, a few of them, like 
Stephen Pressfield was so amazing. Stephen and Martha him. Beck. He's my idol. Oh, he's the best in the world. Stephen and Martha Beck and uh, Mary Carr, a couple of people gave me extra stories that weren't on the pod. Oh, cool. So I would call him or text him and say, hey, I've got this place in the book where we need we need another story. And they just fire me off of. Why are they so amazing? That's so cool. You know what? I'm just so blessed with just incredible friends. I yeah. think, I think, and you're finding this, you're so much younger than I am, but the longer you stay in a game, whatever mm-hmm. that game is, the more, you know, people just help you because you've been in it for so long mm-hmm. and they know that, you know, the trials and tribulations they've gone through and there's just a mutual respect and a yeah, helpful, absolutely. helpful attitude. And, mm-hmm. and also what they ended up telling me, Stephen and I talked about this, it's really a blueprint for success in any field, in any creative endeavor or anybody with a dream. So it was more than just a writing book, I think. Mm-hmm. They got excited about that. Yeah, that's so amazing. I have been loving the company Dose Daily. Oh my gosh. They are expertly formulated organic wellness shots that support your liver in one delicious drink. They sent them to me for this partnership, but I fell in love and now I'm purchasing them on my own. They're amazing. Jonathan's obsessed. I love the way it makes my body feel. I love how easy it is to support detoxification. I just love how clean it is. Let me tell you all the things about it. So it's scientifically backed and has completely clean ingredients. It is USDA organic. It has zero sugar, zero calories. It's a non-GMO, vegan, sustainable packaging, free shipping on all orders. It's amazing. The ingredients that they use are curcumin, which is turmeric extract, 24 times more bioavailable than standard turmeric. They use milk thistle extract, which is a super potent type. They have organic ginger root, dandelion root in its most natural form. And Joseph's orange is 20 times the potency compared to fresh orange juice, which I think is a really big deal. It is clinically shown to support healthy liver enzyme function based on a double blind study. So that means I will be sharing this with my family, my mom, my dad. Everybody needs this. It ensures optimal liver function and supports long-term liver health. It's amazing. I take it in the morning before I have my matcha. Liver health is obviously so important. And if you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, they are offering the Balance Mom listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash balanced and use the code balanced. That is dosedaily.co slash balanced and use the code balanced. We're talking about Stellar Eats, my favorite grain-free baking mixes that are made with eight or less real ingredients like almonds, coconut, and dates. They have mixes from carrot cake to banana bread to coffee cake that are all gluten-free, paleo-friendly, and naturally sweetened with coconut and date sugars. The taste and the texture are just like traditional treats, but so good for you. It was started by three women who were frustrated with diet culture and how healthy eating 
has always been all about how people look on the outside, not about how we feel on the inside or about how the food tastes. So they are on a mission to change the way that wellness brands speak to customers. And I think that that's so important. I have been loving these baking mixes. I love baking in the kitchen with Atticus. It's one of my favorite pastimes. It's something that I remember doing with my mom. And I just can't wait for him and all my future kids to have that memory with me. So we're bringing these to all the holiday get togethers this year. And it's been a hit. Visit StellarEats.com and use the code BALANCED at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's S-T-E-L-L-A-R. EATS.com. Use the code BALANCED for 20% off your first order. Stellar Eats is also available at Whole Foods stores nationwide. I can't wait to hear what you think and let me know. Do you have a favorite part of the book? You mean my part or their parts? Both. So one from yours and one from like a contribution. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I think I'm working on a piece right now for a magazine. I can't can't say which one yet. Mm-hmm. But it was about I had seal over for dinner. So oh, my God. As I'm struggling to become a published author, my agent at the time kept saying, Linda, you just need one more celebrity because I was interviewing celebrities. Mm-hmm. The book was called Life's Charmed. Mm-hmm. And it was given to me in a dream, which you read about. Yes, which we have to talk about. Oh, That's that dream was insane. Question. Yeah. So, so my agent kept saying, we just need one more celebrity. Like he would shop my proposal and the editors would say, well, we love it, but we need a little more fame. So throughout, I kept thinking, I've got to interview Seal. I just was obsessed with his music. I would put on crazy every morning in my little like cabin in New Mexico, freezing with my cold at night because we had no heat. So I'm like freezing fingers and I would listen to Seal and I would just dream, dream, dream. And so I thought, well, he has to be in the book. Well, eventually one of my girlfriends starts dating him. Oh my God. And I've tried everything I've written to his people, his uh-huh. management, his producer, Trevor Horn, like on it. Nobody's answering my letters, uh-huh. right? Because I'm a total unknown. So my girlfriend starts dating him, but I can't tell her because she's not like my best friend. She's come out to New Mexico a couple of times. She stayed with us, but I'm not going to call her and go, hi, like <laughs> I really need, I need your boyfriend to help yeah. me get published. So one day, the medicine man who lived next door, I see him at the gas station. He says, hey, Seal's coming to your house for dinner on Sunday night. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Okay. He just like tapped into that from the universe? Well, she was bringing him and she wanted to look at land. Uh And and I now know they were having issues. But at the time, he didn't tell me that. So they were actually going to have some kind of counseling, I think, with the medicine man. Mm -hmm. So at any rate, I'm thinking dinner at my house. It was the most insane disaster you could imagine. Oh my it God. Was, it's hilarious. It's my favorite. You haven't gotten to it yet because yeah, it's towards exactly. the end of the book. It's ridiculous. It taught me so many things. But when you're a creative and you have these big dreams, you have to be really, really careful not to put all your eggs in any one basket, right? You've mm-hmm. got to have so many multiple ways to succeed because mm-hmm. Anytime I did that, anytime I put like all my hopes and dreams on one person, 
It's a quick way to insanity. Totally. So did he end up contributing to the book? Oh, my God, no. No, oh, okay. he ran was... away from me. Oh, my as God. As fast as he could. Out of my outhouse, like slammed the door and ran. No way. Wait, yeah. I can't wait to get to that it's part the, of the book. The best. Oh, my God. It's that's so wild. But that book ended up getting published anyway. Oh, yeah. It, mm-hmm. was, it was awesome. And mm-hmm. what I say in this book, in Beautiful Writers... Because I write the whole scene and it's so funny. It's so funny, the different crazy things that happen. I say, you know, at the end of it, well, I was going to ask Seal if it was okay for me to publish this story. And I, oh, shoot, now I can't, I'll give away too much if I say it here. At any rate, he wasn't the star of that book, but he's one of the stars yeah. of this book. I only had to wait like 26 years. Exactly. No that biggie. Hysterical. No biggie. Oh, my God. Well, I can't wait to get to that part. I loved the part about your mystical dream where you were given six books. Magic. Like while you were sleeping, like dropped from the universe. Yeah, magic. Tell us about that. Well, as a kid, all I wanted to be was a writer. As I got older, I didn't think I was smart enough. So as a kid, my mom was the president of the Stanford Book Club. My dad had a little library in our home, so it was just floor-to-ceiling books, mm-hmm. and I would smell them and read constantly. And so I had really big literary dreams. But in high school, I was a bit of an airhead to the smarty pants mean girls, and they made it really clear that I was an airhead. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. stories. And so I didn't graduate college, so I went to USC. Right at the end, I quit. I thought, you know, I'm spending a fortune of my parents' money. I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I found out I needed a lot more classes once I graduated with my psych degree to ever make any money. And I just thought, what am I doing? So I left school. I still had three classes left. And there was some real shame. There was some real insecurity about doing that. I didn't know at the time that that would morph, but it did. And so as much as I wanted to write, I didn't think I was smart enough. And I became a professional dog walker in Beverly Hills in Mm -hmm. Hollywood. And it was the best gig in the world. Are you kidding me? Like keys and alarm codes for the neatest people in town, like Kirk Douglas and Kiefer Sutherland. And I'm walking their dogs and I'm getting paid a mint, right? Mm -hmm. My fanny pack is filled with cash all day, every day. And just such incredible friendships. That's how Kath and I became, Catherine and I became friends. I took care of her home for a while and her cat. And that's what happened. People became family really quickly and it was just the most magical job. And one day, there was a series of events, but one day I woke up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., and I saw six titles and the format of each title and how to write each book as if I was being given like a Ph.D. course. And it happened every night for six months. I would wake up at 3 in the morning, and it was all there. And I just took dictation. And, you know, I, I was always an intuitive kid. I was always kind of an I see dead people kid. We had a ghost growing up. I was the only one could see her. I loved her. I thought she was so old lady, fun and friendly. And Mm -hmm. like, I'd scare my friends with her. You know, they'd come over and I would say, turn on the stereo or I'd say, turn off the lights and people, Uh (laughs) but I loved her. And so I've always been super intuitive. And that was part of what I had to learn was that just because I didn't feel book smart in school, didn't mean I didn't have an innate genius, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all Absolutely. we all have a genius. You just have to figure out where it is. So my particular genius is listening. 
for myself. And, you know, if I work with a client, Mm -hmm. I can just see things. I can hear things. But I didn't know that until that dream. That was the beginning. And I just, blind faith, I just trusted. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to be on Oprah in a year or six months. Of course, of course I'm going to be on Oprah. You know, just so grandiose. Because I think when you're given a dream like that, and it is so visceral and you can see it and feel it and smell it and it and it kind of takes over it it ignited a fire within me because yeah. i never knew what i was going to do with my life mm-hmm. so once you figure it out and you're so ignited well like look out right you're nothing's going to stop you yeah absolutely um, but, oh my yeah. God, that's so cool. It's so cool that you remembered it. And because, I don't remember my dreams ever. Right. What I Hardly was like ever. thinking was that that's happened to me a few times, but I I mean, it's gone. It's like oh, yeah. I fully come out of that state of consciousness, Yeah. either with my journal or in the morning I try and I'm like, I have no idea what that was, I but I know that that was brilliance and yeah. I want to go back there. That's so that's, I mean, I incredible learned, that you acted on I it. I learned quickly, like mm-hmm. paper and pen by the Act bed, mm-hmm. have a flashlight because you it you will lose it. But yeah. for some reason on these dreams, they didn't disappear. Yeah. It was very I mean, mystical. messages from the universe. Yeah. That's so cool. So what's your spiritual practice like now? I, I do gratitudes every morning and every evening. It makes me feel good just Mm -hmm. to focus on what I'm grateful for. I always pick like my favorite things for the day and kind of star those and highlight those. And that's kind of it. I'll meditate for five minutes. That's it. Maybe eight minutes. I'm a super bad meditator. Always was. But short meditations are still great. They're great. To me, nature is my meditation. Writing is my meditation and my horses, Mm -hmm. my horses. So I'd rather go out and and walk the dogs and be with the horses and feed them apples and have them all try to bite my fingers off Mm -hmm. than sit there for 20 minutes meditating. Yeah. Well, meditation comes in many forms. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And you're such an animal person. Oh, my God. My son the other day, he goes, Mom, you know, in Chinese astrology, because I'm a dragon. Mm -hmm. It's like in Chinese astrology, the dog is your enemy. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, like, well, that's a joke. Like the universe, the universe played a good joke on me because I have seven dogs. We have eight. We had eight. We lost one last week. But I'm like, yeah, if they are my enemy, if they are, I'm going to sleep with them. Yeah, exactly. Live with the enemy. enemy. Well, I'm a horse in Chinese astrology. Are you really? Mm -hmm. (sighs) Yeah. So is my son. Oh, wow. So is he. When was he born? 1990? Yes. Oh, me too. I always when, say you could have been my daughter. Yeah. I swear to God, I say that all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. So when's his birthday? August 7th. Okay. So he's just a couple months older than me. Then how is he a horse? And you're a horse. 1990. Because oh, it goes by the, the whole year. year. Got it. Got exactly. It, got it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So he's a Leo. He's a Leo. And so are you. So am I. When's your birthday? I'm a Vedic Leo. I'm a oh, okay. Western. I'm a Western Virgo. Oh. So my sister, Carol Allen, is mm-hmm. one of the top Vedic astrologers in the world. I saw that in your book. And now I have to have a reading with her. Honey, you, know. I you mean, don't even know. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she loves, she loves Western astrology too. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Vedic astrology is a little more predictive. Mm-hmm. So what I love about Vedic astrology 
is like, you know, a friend will say, I can't sell my house. And she'll go, oh, it'll sell next June. Don't worry. And it sells next June. Like, yeah. she's so predictable. Wow. So everyone thinks she's psychic. And I need to talk to her. And I, I planned, I've planned every big event of my life around her. Like I made my husband get married at 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh, wow. Because that's when the like uh-huh. the perfect window was. So, so his cool. daughter was like, are you having mm-hmm. kidding me? Daughter's out at our barn at 6 a.m. going, Oh, my God. But the light was so good. We all ended up yeah. really grateful. But yeah. Crackers. Oh, my God. I love that. Okay. So your birthday is when then? August 31st. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're so like beginning. Western Virgo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vedic wow. Leo. And then in this book, you talk about Guru Singh. You had some my really heart. amazing experiences with him. My heart. Do you still stay in touch? We're on WhatsApp all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm one of those people I've never, like I have mentors, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a good guru person because Mm -hmm. I don't follow directions. So like you saw in the book, like he's always trying to get me to meditate and I just can't. Yeah. I just, I'm not good with ever following quote unquote rules, but he kind of loves that about me. So we became friends rather than student teacher. We just became Mm -hmm. friends forever ago. And so we still are. His wife was like, you're the only one who really like lets him have it. I like just tell people you know, and it makes them laugh. Yeah. So it's good to have people like that in he's your life. The best. So, you know, I'll text him every once in a while about the state of the world. I'll go, all right, I'm spinning. Uh-huh. And he'll go, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what you need to do. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He'll say, so Linda, wise. read the headlines, not the articles. Mm. And I go, okay. I can breathe. Yeah. Oh my God. It's important to have someone like that in your life. Well, because my parents are gone. So, yeah. you know, you have to, you have to find your people. You yeah. have to find your elders. Yeah. It's really I'm an important. elder, but I need elders, right? Yeah, everybody needs an elder yeah. and you're still so youthful and young. You. you really are. We are in the gift-giving season, my loves. And today we are talking about Lightbox lab-grown diamonds. They are grown in Portland and gifted by you. You can explore all the reasons to give and receive lab-grown diamonds, but let me tell you a few. One is that they are chemically and optically identical to natural diamonds, but lab-grown diamonds have a more accessible price point that means that you can add versatile classics to your jewelry collection, like ready-to-party earring jackets and glamorous tennis bracelets. They have risk-free shopping and easy returns, which makes Lightbox the easiest way to shop for stunning quality lab-grown diamond jewelry. All of Lightbox modern classics shine solo, or they can be layered for a higher impact sparkle. Plus, they also offer lab-grown diamonds grown in pink or blue, but with still the unmistakable sparkle of a diamond. I love that you can grow a diamond and see that sparkle in real life by shopping jewelry's best kept secret in gifting. Shop now at lightboxjewelry.com and use promo code blonde for 10% off site-wide. That is lightboxjewelry.com and use promo code blonde for 10% off site-wide. I am so excited to hear what you think. I know that you're going to love it. Shop those lab-grown diamonds now. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. 
This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. Did you know that after the age of 21, you start losing 1% of your collagen every year? I had no idea, but it actually makes sense because now I'm 33 and I notice when my skin isn't the same as it was before. Collagen is super important for our skin because it gives natural support and firmness to the face. And BioSil is a premium product that helps you generate your own collagen. It also helps you to protect the collagen that you already have. What I love is that it's backed by science. Over 25 years and $25 million in research have been poured into this product and this brand. And it provides real results. So it's clinically proven to work for healthier hair, skin, and nails, and increases skin elasticity by 89% and decreases the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles by 30%. It's super easy to take. The liquid capsules are smaller than a penny, more space effective in your pantry, no more scoops of big collagen powders. We know that that can be a little bit time consuming and difficult. So get 30% off of your first product order on BioSil's website with the code BALANCED. Again, that is code BALANCED for 30% off your first product order or subscription exclusively on BioSil.beauty. So for everybody who's an aspiring writer, what are your top tips for people who yeah. want to be published? A couple of a couple of things. Trust your ache. If you have the ache, you have what it takes. And if you don't have what it takes yet, you'll figure it out. Just take that burning desire and sit down and do it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just 15 minutes a day. I was blessed in that I've always been super high energy and didn't need a lot of sleep. Mm -hmm. So when those dreams woke me up at 3 a.m., I got to write from 3 a.m. on forever. I wrote most of my career from 3 a.m. on because I wanted to be a real hands-on mom and wife and ultimately, you know, career person during the day. So the writing time had to happen in the middle of the night. A lot of people can't do that. So if you can only do 15 minutes a day, you can write a whole book in 15 minutes a day in a year or two. Mm -hmm. So trust that. And, it, you know, if it's a half a Saturday where you're giving the kid to the husband, you're going to come home and that house is going to maybe be a wreck. They're going to have learned college football. Mm -hmm. But just trust, trust, go, get out, get to the mm -hmm. coffee shop and just put stuff down. I you can't that. edit what you haven't written. Yeah, that's so true. So that's number one. Number two, study people who've done it, immerse yourself in them online, watch people who've done it and make it real for you. I think what's beautiful about the internet now, which I didn't have when I was, you know, coming up and learning, I studied people relentlessly through books and ultimately interviewing them for that first book. Through my dog walking business, I studied success 24 seven because I was taking care of the most wealthy, beautiful homes in, in town. And so I watched and I thought it was like living a reality show before there was such a yeah. thing. I watched like, what are they doing? What works? I noticed that all the charmed people that I found all were doing the same things to succeed. They had different mm -hmm. life stories, but really 
They stayed super positive. They believed in themselves no matter what. If they had addictions, they went and got help. You know, I love that show you did with Lacey the other day about manifestation and where you guys were talking about, it's the unconscious stuff that mm-hmm. holds us back, totally. right? You can be affirming all the great stuff you want and looking at your vision boards all the time. And that takes you places, mm-hmm. but you're also going to have that push pull if you've got the internal nightmares going yeah, on, right? Totally. And so, and I saw that in my career so much. One of the funny things I love about my path was it was so stop start. There mm-hmm. was so much like expansion. And then backsliding. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then, and, you have to and then you come back to center. And then you expand. And then you backslide. Yeah. I mean, that's just normal. I think my path was probably more extreme in a lot of cases than others, maybe because I love a funny story. But, you know, you we all know where we're getting hung up. We mm-hmm. all know where we stop ourselves. We may not know why. And if you don't, go find somebody to help you get through that because yeah. life is short. Like, yeah. You got shit to do. Absolutely. Where do you usually get hung up personally? I get hung up in, in multiple ways. So my mother's mother died when she was nine. And so my mother was kind of a tomboy, real pretty face. She looked like Grace Kelly, mm-hmm. but she had big, thick glasses and short hair because she couldn't deal with hair and stuff. And I remember being a little girl. I was in maybe third grade. I was like, mom, can you help me do braids like the girls at school? And she said, I'm so sorry, baby. I don't know how to do any of that. And she ultimately felt badly and put me in like some Barbizon school of beauty modeling thing, Uh uh, which I felt like such a fish out of water. But I had to kind of, I still have to champion my femininity and, Mm -hmm. and take care of myself as a female creature because I'm a real tomboy. I'm always in dirty jeans and cowboy boots. I'm always shoveling horse manure. I'm like, I love being outside. I love hard labor and work. I just do. I love to clean. I used to be a maid. So I really have to be careful of overdoing my masculine. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. really gets me. And one of the things I was just thinking on the way over here, I was noticing I was getting a little triggered, like, oh, did I bring the right clothes for the weekend? So I'm going to go see our friend Kelly Gores, who's one of my dearest friends, and my best friend Diane Chandler, and we're all going to be together tonight staying at Kelly's. And I was starting to go through that, Am I? do I have the right clothes? Mm -hmm. And that's childhood program. That's just, that's a wounding, right? That's just a wounding. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember in those instances that I will never be the fashion plate that Diane is or that Kelly is. And I actually don't care. I don't even try. Mm -hmm. I buy clothes once a year Mm -hmm. and sometimes from the feed store. So it's like, I just have to always work on honoring who I really am and yet still nurturing the parts that are wounded. Mm -hmm. It's such good advice. We all have those wounds and they always come from childhood. They always do. And then the other one for me is intellectual. I, I, I no longer think I'm stupid ever because I really have learned of that innate genius. And I've also been successful long enough in my business to know that, okay, I'm a good business person. Like I can do that. I help a lot of people. I know how yes. to do this. But I notice every once in a while I get tripped up with higher ups in the agent world. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of agent friends that I adore that I connect my clients with all the time. But when it comes to me and my agent. I still feel not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I really have to think about that. Like, Linda, what's going on with you? 
And that, again, is just a wounding thing from childhood. Another story that I have to, like, if my agent is slow to respond or doesn't answer, I just have to breathe and go, mm-hmm. mm, Linda, this is your stuff. Yeah. I mean, I definitely relate to that. Do you? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I absolutely do. That's good All to hear. those stories of like, especially when it comes to writing. And so it makes sense to me that you feel that way with your agent because I, I mean, I, I can feel that way as well. And I think it's also because we care so much about writing. This and is so, what my sister said to me. She right. goes, it's because you care so if much. If it was like acting or if it's like all these things that I don't care that much right, about, like right. there's this opportunity on the horizon. Yeah. I think I've told you about, but I can't oh, say exactly right. what it is, but I've been like really That's back and right. forth. And for some people, that would be their dream. And for me, I really care more about writing. And oh, so yeah. I could care freaking less. You are less. a writer. You're a writer. Well, thank you. What happens with this other opportunity? But when it comes to the book, I, I'm like telling myself before I even send an email, if my agent doesn't respond right away, I'm still okay. I'm still right. a writer. Like right. all these things. Right. And oh right. my God, it's tough. It's really well, tough. Well, where it gets tough for me is that I am a people pleaser. So asking for what I need takes a little bit of an effort. Same. So we've been working on the audiobook and I didn't like some of the samples that the company sent me because the celebrity voices, we had to forgo that. It was mm-hmm. just what ended up happening with that was that they needed these releases from the celebrities that were really, really pretty far encompassing mm-hmm. name and likeness for all eternity. Mm. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it was a lot. Uh-huh. And so William Morris Endeavor, the celebrities that are in this book who gave their permission, who are some of my dearest friends, their agency at William Morris Endeavor wanted to make some changes to the contract and that couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. And I understand both sides. So I agreed. Let's just get you know, I'm narrating my part, but let's get the let's get the studio actors to do the male and female mm-hmm. parts. But then I didn't like the first samples I heard. And I told them it got to a little bit of a effort where I think my agent was just like, hmm, Linda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to hold strong, I think. And maybe that's where it's tougher for women to ask for what they want because we don't want to be seen as high maintenance. Mm-hmm. And But again, you have to trust your gut. And to me, writing is a love letter. Everything I write to me, it's my love. It's my heart. Mm -hmm. And so that now extends to the audio book. And I want to love it. Of course. And finally, and we got it. It didn't even take that long. Uh But we got the voices that I love. Good. Yeah, it's so important. Absolutely. My friend just wrote this amazing book. And she had a similar experience where you just have to stick up for yourself. And you seem like you feel like, oh, I'm just being so particular. I'm just being so difficult. But it's really just being a smart, you know, business person, a caring person author who cares about their work it's important yeah you have to trust yeah absolutely and so for everybody listening who wants to have an agent but has no idea how to get one what are your tips oh my gosh because it's hard these days well they reject 95 percent of everything they see i mean it's really hard they say sometimes even getting an agent's harder than getting a publisher you got to know their language, mm-hmm. get educated on what they want, what they're looking for. First of all, at the end of the day, they are just book loving people. Mm-hmm. Really, they got into this not to become super wealthy because for the most part, agents don't become super wealthy, but they got into it for the love of story. 
So you got to put your mindset into they're just people who love stories. If they're short with you, and I have to remind myself of this, if they're short with you, it's because they're busy. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually want them to be busy. I know. Because that means they're connecting like, with editors they and they're going to sell you. telling me how much they love my work. No, exactly. I know. It's like always short. But and that's okay. They're short because they're busy. And yes. that's a good thing. That pays the bills. So know their language. I actually have a, I have a thing on bookmama.com. It's a free download if you've signed up for my newsletter. That's like an hour conversation on what they're looking for. Oh, wow. So, and I'll, I'll give it to you. But it's a fun audio. I made it like just like a podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to listen yeah. to. But query letter, you send them a query letter and you, it's easy to get their information. You go online and you just, there's a thing called Publishers Marketplace. You can sign up for Publishers Marketplace and find out who all the agents are in your genre, what their email address is, what they're looking for. Jeff Herman has a great guide on that too, a guide for agents and editors. You find out what they're looking for. You definitely don't want to send somebody who hates cookbooks. You don't want to send them Mm -hmm. a query about Mm -hmm. your cookbook. So be smart about it. But you send them a query over email and you don't send any attachments. Often their servers will reject those. So you just send a copy and paste email and hopefully they want to see more. And you have samples ready. You don't want to make them wait. So you have your samples ready. A book proposal is key. So have a good, you're, you have a gorgeous proposal. So you Thank have you. your book With proposal your ready. It was so fun. It was so good. I mean, you're you, so good. You're incredible though, because Aww. the beginning of that book proposal was completely redone by you. It just and wasn't it is, you. But it's my favorite part. It wasn't me at all. Cause I was trying to be this serious yeah. person yeah. who's like, well, I can't write the way that I talk because that would be crazy. I'm like, where's fun Jordan? I know. I was buried beneath a lot of I mean, it's how much I care, right? Like trying to be so professional. Everyone does that. But then we fixed it, you know, because of you. It's so fun now. We made it like conversational. Well, you're fun to fix. You're easy to fix because your bona fides are all obvious. I was like, why are you not telling them this? Why did you forget? Like, hello? Yeah, totally. Totally. Thank you. You're so so now my agent did get back to me with her edits. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm excited. And you have incredible resources for book proposals for anybody who's listening who doesn't know how to write a book proposal or doesn't even know what that is. Yeah. Linda has the book proposal. What's it called? It's a business plan for your book. It's called Book Proposal Magic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, you have to have a you have to have a plan and Mm -hmm. and I just make it easy. I think you just gotta break they're intimidating for everybody. Don't get me wrong. Book proposals are intimidating for all of us. Even like Elizabeth Gilbert and Marie Forleo. Does she have to write them at this point? Well, I asked her the last time I had Elizabeth on the show, I was like, hey, do you still write book proposals? Because Brene Brown had said to me, look, I used to write them. I used to stress out about them. But God, I feel kind of bad that I don't write them anymore. You know, now I just tell my publisher what I want. So I wasn't sure if Liz was still what she was doing. And I, I said, do you still write them? And she was like, yeah, I wrote one for City of Girls. I was like, wow. wow. And Big Magic, she kind of combined them. But, you know, that's, a, that's certainly not as extensive as what mm-hmm. I would write or what you would write. I mean, for most of us who don't have, you know, 10 bestsellers behind us, we have to do a pretty pretty comprehensive plan about these are all the different things I can do. These are all the different people I know. Here's the ways in which I can pitch myself. I think it's harder than writing a book. It's hard. It's hard. But what I love about it is taking the pieces and 
making them bite-sized because Mm -hmm. everything's easy if you just do it one paragraph at a time. True. And if you have examples of Mm -hmm. all the different kinds of things that have worked, you kind of plug and play. It makes it a lot easier. Totally. The examples are so helpful. Thank you. So helpful. Like when I, you sent me your book proposal, which was so kind of I you. And I'm that. like, wait, now I can just plug, plug and play. my words I know. in. Because obviously yeah. Linda's worked and is the best. Thank you. Yes. And what are your thoughts on self-publishing? I love it. I just did. I didn't used to, but I love it now. I just did two episodes on my pod self-publishing superstars, people who had come to me kind of like at the beginning of their process and now are making way more millions than I ever have. And they did it through self-publishing. Wow! So really phenomenal. Uh, One was with Hal Elrod, who I think, have you, the Miracle Morning, have you interviewed him yet? (gasps) He's the best. Hal Elrod is amazing. He sold millions of books. He he was so magical. He got four stage cancer. Mm. He couldn't work for a year. He had like a very small chance of surviving and he did survive. But the whole time he's in the hospital and he's barely hanging on, his self-published book from 10 years prior, he he allows me to say this, that book sold $700,000 worth of royalties that year alone. Oh my God. So that's phenomenal. That's incredible. Yeah. And then I have another another gal, Dr. Jody Carrington, who came to one of my retreats and she was like, I don't know, should I self-publish or not? She's a first responder. She's the person who they call in like after the school shooting to talk to the kids. And that like, she's amazing. I call her, I call her Canada's Brene Brown because she's so, such a good speaker. And so she came to a retreat with me and she was like, I have this event in, I think it was like five months away where there's going to be 5,000 people in the audience. What should I do? I go, you're going to self-publish. Oh, wow. And I never tell people uh-huh. I'm that. And I was like, you're going to self-publish. Let's crank it out. Let's get it printed so that all those 5,000 people can have it for that talk. And so she pre-sold it on stages, paid for two print runs, and then made millions of dollars. That's amazing. Because she self-published. If yeah. you're getting all the money, you're going to make a lot more money. Totally. And I- then, you know, a big five publisher came to her after that mm-hmm. and was like, oh, now will you write one for us? Yeah, I feel like that happens. And yeah. I feel like self-publishing is different than it used to be. Where before, I remember when I was in grad school getting yeah. my MFA, right. nobody wanted to be self-published no, it because stigma. it mostly meant like no one wants to publish your right. work. Right. And now it's a choice. It's like a really empowered it's a great choice. choice. Um, it's hard to do if you don't have a platform. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have a podcast, you could totally do it. And if you're a speaker, speakers do mm-hmm. really well self-publishing. What I always tell people is write the proposal, see if you get the agent and the deal that you want. If you don't, now you've written the whole blueprint for how to go self-publish. You have yeah. all your angles and hooks and all your marketing ideas. Everything's already done. So either way, you can't lose. Well, that's my thought. Like once you've already done all that work, no one's going to stop you. So if people say no to you, You then you don't say no to yourself. No. Mm -hmm. Thousand percent. Yeah. Are you working on any other books right now? Well, I have the sequel to this. Mm -hmm. So Beautiful Writers 2. So this one is pre-idea because this Mm -hmm. was school. This was Mm -hmm. college, right? So pre-idea to publication. And then book two is everything that follows that. That's like media networking, sequels, on and on and on. I mean, just ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. There's so there's so much fun oh my stuff God. in that So book. when is that coming? You know, I don't know. I'm about halfway through, but I'm not rushing it. I think 
I really kind of killed myself to finish this book. And I was really in denial. I thought because writing is so much fun for me, because it's my happy place, because I feel like it flows naturally, oh, I'll totally be able to write beautiful writers while I'm also helping 450 other authors. Mm -hmm. And the truth was, if COVID hadn't happened and I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't leave my house for a while. Like I had to stop all the Carmel retreats. Mm-hmm. If COVID hadn't happened and I hadn't had 50 to 60 hours a week to finish this book, I never would have finished it. Wow. I was just lying to myself for a decade thinking I was getting it done mm-hmm. and it was never getting done. And so when when I came out the other side, my husband really missed me. And my kid was like, Mom, I know I'm 30. Now he's 33. But like, I miss you too. You've had your nose in that thing for a long time. And it's just kind of nice not having that stress of deadline. Yeah, totally. I relate. And that's why I chose to write this book that I've just almost finished without having a book deal or anything. Yeah, I didn't want that pressure, that deadline. I mean, there's enough pressure in life. Seriously, and you're a mom. Yeah, I mean, mean, Atticus takes that. that, Atticus and your husband have to be your first beyond your spiritual life. They have Mm -hmm. to be your priority. Yeah, they have to be because kids will come back and bite you later. I I bet. I mean, (laughs) I'm already like they remember stuff, especially (laughs) these old souls. They're little, but those old souls they remember stuff. I know. I mean, I look away from Atticus for one second to look at my phone or something, and he's looking at me like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I used to get on the phone and my. My kid who was playing so quietly would start throwing stuff at my head. I mean, yeah. they're so smart. I used to do that to my mom. I'd be, all of my mom's friends knew if I was with my mom, she's, I'm not going to let her talk on the phone. Like, oh, yeah. I will talk. That was my I son. I will take That was my son. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. My mom's best friend would call and be like, Horses. Jordan, I promise it's only going to be five minutes. I was the boss. Oh, yeah. My Still son am. was the boss yeah. of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He still tries to be. <laughs> yes. Does he also live He's my best in, friend. Oh, you guys have such a special relationship. He's my best friend. Does he live in Arizona he too? He does. He lives in Scottsdale down That's the street. That's amazing. Yeah. We we have to force ourselves not to see each other every day. Like, really? Yeah, That's we have to, so cute. We have to force ourselves. And we're super different. Oh mm-hmm. my God. You know, you have kids to learn a mm-hmm. lot of lessons. And he is so different than me. He's so conservative. I've, I'm, I'm a tree hugger. He's just very different. And we're we're like spiritual soulmates. Yeah. So we have to force ourselves. Like I, I'll say I can't see you for a week. I have mm-hmm. to focus. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, good. I need to get work done because we yeah. just want we want to watch Seinfeld comedian getting yeah. cars, getting coffee in cars or whatever. That is. We just so want to cool. like be with the animals yeah. and, and talk spiritual stuff. And that's what I hope to have with argue. Atticus. Yeah, of course. You but will. like that best friend. You um, will. Feeling. You will. You will. I love it. Yeah, that's inspiring and expanding. So I want to ask yeah. you some of the rapid fires that I ask everyone who okay. comes on. I'm ready. So you told us your sun sign. What is your moon sign and your rising? Gem. I'm a Gemini moon. Totally see it. Oh my gosh. Rising Sag. Oh, I totally see it. That is you? so you. Oh yes. I mean, that's why you're such a good communicator. Oh, a people you. person, organized, creative. A little psychic. I think Sag psychic. is a little psychic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Sagittarius is. That's what Atticus is. I love a Sag. That's right. I forgot. I manifested a Sag. He's in the last three hours of Sagittarius season. Mm -hmm. 
because I was not going to have a Capricorn. Oh, I mean, no, not, not you. Me. Not, not me. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, I mean, that would be the ultimate, like, That'd test be hard. of That'd the be hard. child teaching the parent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'd be wild. Do you know your human design? You know what? I don't. We're going to have to look it up. I need to. I need. I You're keep thinking that. You're going to have to send me your birth info okay. and I will look it up okay. and I'll tell you. Okay, perfect. And put it in the intro. Okay. If you could be in a room with three people, living or dead, who would they be? Elon Musk. People always cringe when I say that, but I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. him. Like, is he an alien? Is he not? I think he is. And I am actually friends with his ex-wife, Justine. Oh. So, yeah, she and I have had some happen. fun conversations. Yeah, I but I, I, think, I think Elon, who else? It's really changed. I think Joe Rogan is hilarious and brilliant. Him. And I love the way he will interview everybody on all sides and just be so curious so just, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't know I wanted to be an interviewer when I grew up. I had no idea that was going to be my job. I see it now because I used to read the books by the interviewers. So I would read all the books like by everybody, even Phil Donahue, like whoever was, you know, Merv Griffin, whoever at the time was interviewing people, I would read their books. So I would say Joe Rogan, I don't know, a female for sure. I'm blanking. Yeah, it's a hard question. Living or dead? Yeah. Mother Mary. Amazing. Oh, duh. Yes. I mean, yeah, that would I, be I, such a cool room. I forgot they could yes. be they could be dead. Yes. Oh, yeah. Joe Rogan's a good one though. Joe I mean, Rogan, they are, but I would I'd love to see meet him. Joe Rogan at the dinner t- I'd probably stay quiet the whole time. I'd be watching Joe Rogan interview Mother Mary. Yes. With he Elon. would have so many questions. Oh my god, that would be so good. And who are your mentors? In in real life? In real or life. Or yeah, living. Oh, well, Online, anybody. Mentors. Betsy Rappaport is my publishing mentor. She's brilliant. She worked at Time. She worked at Random House and Crown forever and just the most literate, brilliant woman. So I've literally sat at her feet for 25 years and just said, teach me everything. Uh Because I knew I would never never move to New York and work nine to five in a publishing house. I just knew I didn't have the capability to have a boss. Mm -hmm. So I paid her to be my mentor all these years. Like, just teach me, teach me, teach me. And it's been phenomenal because, and this is what's so good about getting mentors is as you gain in skills, they give you the jobs they don't want. Yeah. So there were so many times where she'd be offered a ghostwriting job or a series for a magazine or something she would be offered to write and she wouldn't want it. She'd give it to me. So I'd get all these amazing jobs because my mentor ended up being one of my best friends. Yeah, that's so So I would cool. say Betsy and Guru Singh will always be a mentor. Mm-hmm. I like mentors who are a little bit rebellious. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm a weird one because I was raised with a Democrat and a Republican. And I, so I'm a rule follower and I'm also a rule breaker. Mm-hmm. I'm a tree hugger, but I'm also conservative in some of my thinking. So I'm kind of all over the place. And so my mentors online and and not are also all over the place. Mm-hmm. I like people on all sides yeah. of every. And, and my sister says it's because I have four planets in Gemini. Mm-hmm. So I see Gemini. all sides of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I kind of don't hate anybody because I can yeah. see their goodness. Yeah. I can see their their divinity. Yeah. Which is a beautiful place to be. 
it can be hard sometimes. And it can be. That's true. And where can everybody find you and your amazing book? Bookmama.com. B-O-O-K-M-A-M-A. And you have stuff on there relating to the book, right? Like audios and stuff you were saying. Yeah. Uh, Well, I have, there's links to like book proposal magic. Mm -hmm. There's a link to the podcast, Beautiful Writers Podcast. Yeah. A forever favorite of mine. All the stuff is there. And that free, that free audio, I think is really helpful. So if you want to sign up for the newsletter. Amazing. So fun. Linda, thank you. This yeah, is incredible. Thank you. You're I'm so honored. Most fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.